God bless you this morning. This is Pastor George Carvalho, the pastor of Vive Houston. I'm excited to be here today with you. I got my Rockets gear on. Sports is back the last two weeks here, so got my Rockets shirt. If you like it, man, give it some love. If you don't like it, let me know later. So um, love you guys. Man, thank you for joining us each week online as well. So we're here. We're awesome. God is awesome. God is on the throne. Um, so God bless you guys. Maybe you're at the kitchen table, breakfast table, eating a donut, coffee, whatever. Maybe you're at your couch, on your living room, sofa. Um, man, just tune in. Watch what's going on. Watch what God is about to do today. So I'm excited. I'm pumped. Are you pumped? Um, if you have a question or anything, or if you, man, if you want to uh, say a comment or anything like that, say it in, say it in the comments. Say an amen. Hallelujah. Uh, glory to God. All that, you can do that. And go ahead and share this video right now. Go ahead. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. As you know, we've been in a series of Mark for the past 10 months now. And so we've been going uh, book by book or chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the book of Mark. And now we're past the midway point and now talking about Jesus' um, impending death that's going to come. So starting in verse 1 of Mark chapter 9, if you're not there, you can follow along. We have the verses there. And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, uh, James, and John with him, and he led them up to a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, uh, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And he did not know what to say. They were terrified. They were frightened. Then a cloud came and appeared and covered over them. And he said, a voice came from the cloud. This is my son, who I love. Listen to him. Suddenly they looked around. They no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what had been seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. They kept asking the matter to themselves, discussing what does rising the dead even mean? And they asked him, why do teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure. Elijah does come first, and and he restores all things. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. I want to talk to you this morning. If you're taking notes, you can write a title of this message as such. I saw Jesus in a whole new way. I saw Jesus in a whole new way. You you know, one of my desperate prayers 
for this church. My desperate prayer for your life. If you're watching, maybe this is the first time tuning in or maybe second or third time, or you've been tuning in for a while now. My prayer desperately for you is that you will find Jesus and that you will see Jesus in a whole new way, that you will see him move in your life like never before, that in this time of COVID, in this time of a pandemic, you will find Jesus right there where you're at. You will see the manifestation of his presence, his glory in a whole new way. My prayer for this nation, my prayer for this world, even our own city of Houston, is they will find Jesus in a whole new way. If you believe that this morning, if you believe that we're ready to see Jesus in a whole new way, that we could see his power today more than ever before, would you give God an amen, a hallelujah, a shout of praise right there in your living room, right there in the comments. Say, God, I want to see you operate in a whole new way. Anybody agree with me today? I I, I saw Jesus in a whole new way. Growing up, reading this passage um, I, I would read the Bible at a young age, and I remember being 11 years old, uh, stumbling upon this passage, and I was like, what is this passage about? Like, this is one of the wildest passages. What just happened in this moment? We're studying this moment, and at first glance, it, it's kind of a, a glimpse into the supernatural. And now today in our culture, we are, have a fascination with supernatural elements. If you study the top 20 highest grossing movies of all time, um, over half of them or the majority of them have something to do with someone harnessing or using or trying to obtain a supernatural power or force. Whether it's Marvel, the Avengers, or Captain America, or, or the Hulk, or any of those characters, or even the DCEU with Superman, or, or maybe it's even a Star Wars where they're trying to harness the power of the force, or Lord of the Rings with... With a ring, they're trying to harness this power. Or even Harry Potter, one of the top 20 highest grossing movies. It's harnessing power, supernatural strength, abilities beyond our own human life. And so this generation in our culture is more fascinated, excuse me, is more fascinated with supernatural power than number four. But can I tell you, every single story, no matter how great and awesome they are, whether it's Marvel or whether it's Star Wars, no matter how great and awesome the story is epic, it doesn't compare to the supernatural power of God that manifests itself even to this day. Each of those stories is fiction, but as we read the Bible, we're seeing something that's even evident today, if you can believe with me. God is here, and he starts the story taking three of his 12 disciples. We know that there were 70 people that were sent out, that were commissioned. We know that Jesus selected 12 people, disciples, to follow him, and they followed him for three years. But among those 12, he had three that he he brought together. They were close to him. And these three, um, on three occasions, Peter, James, and John, 
that Jesus takes them on unique encounters, unique experiences that no other disciple experienced. The first occasion was when when Jairus' daughter was dead and Jesus stepped into her bedroom and resurrected her from the dead. He only called Peter, James, and John. The second occasion is this very one that we're watching right now happen before us. And the third occasion is in the Garden of Gethsemane, the day before Jesus was crucified. Each and every time, there were moments that talked about the topic of death. And I believe that Jesus is showcasing them a supernatural power that flows through him that because God defeated death, hell, and the grave. And thank goodness that God chose Peter, James, and John to witness these unique occasions. I want to tell you three things um, this morning here. Number one, Christ chooses ordinary people to experience um, extraordinary things. Christ chooses ordinary people to experience extraordinary things. I, I want to believe today that God chooses people right where they're at, no matter where they come from, no matter what their background is, to experience extraordinary miracles that happen in front of them. Peter, James, and John, if you remember a few chapters ago, Jesus chose them. He called them. He said, come and follow me. These were simple fishermen working blue-collar jobs, working regular day-to-day jobs, nothing of importance. They weren't uh, from the best family. They weren't from the greatest place. That These were ordinary men that Jesus called to experience something extraordinary. He calls them to be from a fisherman to be a fisher of men. And he calls, calls them and he brings them along to experience things and see an encounter of his glory like never before. Can I tell you right now that it was we walked through this moment here. He takes these men up to this mountain. He brings them up and he says, come alongside with me. Walk with me. And all of a sudden, they see Jesus begin to be transfigured. This moment in scripture is often known as the transfiguration. Where Jesus' his own clothes became as white, bleached, brighter than gain, bleached brighter than Clorox. He is bright. And they begin to see a manifestation of his glory right before him. This word transfiguration, it literally means to, to transform into something more beautiful or elevated. They're seeing God with all his splendor right there in front of their eyes. And then all of a sudden, they're here. And they see Jesus and dazzling white. And all of a sudden, they see Moses and Elijah. Moses over here and Elijah over here. And I can just imagine the disciples, they're looking at each other like, hold, hold, hold on, man. What, 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 did, you, did you see what I, what, do you see what I see? Do you see? I mean, it, you, it's Moses. It's Elijah. Moses, Elijah. What? No, that's not. I mean, what, what, what is going on here? 
I mean, Moses and Elijah, these, these are three Jewish men that grew up. And Moses and Elijah, I mean, it's like Mount Rushmore right up here. I mean, there's people, I mean, it's like seeing George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. It's seeing, man, it's seeing people right before your eyes that you've heard about, people have talked about. Moses is this great priest, and Moses is this great guy that led the people out of, out of Egypt into the promised land. And Moses is the one that brought the law from heaven, from from the mountain and then you have Elijah on the other side who's this great prophet everybody talked about Elijah he did miracles he did a lot of great stuff and then he never died Jesus took him I mean God took him away Moses and Elijah and everyone's like whoa, whoa. I mean do you see what I see I mean I mean I could see them whispering to each other like I mean keep your cool come, 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 come. I mean have you ever been in a place where you see something in front of you you're like man you don't even know how to react you're looking at what's happening in front of you. You're like, what is going on? And each of them are probably looking at each other and like, well, I mean, you, 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 you say something. No, 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 you say something. No, you say something. No, you, you go first. No, 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 I'm not going first. You, Peter, you better go first. You're, you're the one that likes to talk and stuff. You, Peter, you, you say something. And all Peter can say is just like, um, I'm, I'm a, I, I, I mean, we, should, should we set up a, a shelter for each of y'all, uh, a tent for each of y'all guys right, right up here? They don't understand what's happening in front of them. They're experiencing something, a manifestation of God's power in front of them. And they hear the voice of God say to them, listen to him. They're seeing Jesus in a whole new way, in a way that never seen him before. And can I tell you is that God will choose whoever he wants to experience great encounters with God. I, I can't explain it, but there, but there are times in, in our life in a Christian walk where there's people uh, that describe things that they see God do. like, And they cannot even describe. Man can't describe it. Man can obtain it. But we can only say it's through the power of God that makes things happen. Uh, I, I've, I've been in church my entire life and I've seen people talk about the dead being raised and, and limbs grow and they've seen people uh, get, who are blind um, uh, see and they see people to get out of wheelchairs and people get out of crutches. I, I can't define it. I can't describe it. I know people that God shows them visions, shows them dreams at night and God speaks to them with truth and revelation and things in the prophetic that... I don't understand out of my humanity, out of my logic, but I, I can only agree if it's backed up by the Bible and the Bible's in agreement with what they're saying, then I can only attest that it's the power of God that God chose them to use them to do something to edify the church. See, God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things and to experience God in an extraordinary way. See, some of you here today, you look at yourself and I, I don't know about this. I'm still learning about this. Can I tell you, God will speak to you and often show you things and you will have encounters with God that you would never thought would be imaginable. I've seen people at the altars weeping and crying. And for some people at the altar, some people, God causes them to kneel and other people, it, he causes them to cry and other people to laugh and to other people to jump and to other people to pray silently and write things down. I've seen it all in my life. And can I tell you, he does these things to speak of himself and to reveal himself. And this is what he's doing to Peter, James, and John. He's letting them know. He's showing them a glimpse 
glimpse of his glory, of who he's supposed to be, of what's about to happen. And they don't quite get what's going on. Peter's here, and he's not knowing what to do next. He's, he, they're frightened, the Bible says. And he says, okay, let, 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 let's just set up shop. We, we, we set up a, 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 a tent here for you, Moses, Elijah. I, I, I got you. We're going to build up shop here at the mountain. He's trying to prolong this experience. But can I tell you, oftentimes, some experiences are for the moment. And it's not for us to set up shop there, but those experiences are there to help us get to the next place we need to get to. Encounters with God are there to propel us to the very next destination. And as you study scripture and you study Mark, you'll see what I'm about to mean. You'll see where where, where I'm headed. And next week, you'll you'll see even more. They're they're having a supernatural moment right now, a a display of God's power. Jesus in, in dazzling white, not understanding what's happening. Yet, it's not for them to stay there, but it's for them to keep moving. Can I tell you, number two, Christ reveals himself in ways far greater than we can understand. Christ reveals himself in ways far greater than we can understand. It's very true. I've seen it my entire life. Peter here, he's not, they're not, he's not quite getting it. And Jesus says, no, no, we're not here to set up shop. We're here to to show you something. I'm here to reveal to you something. And they begin to hear the audible voice of God. There's something that's happening here that that the disciples and Peter can't even fathom. What is happening here is something colossal. It's monumental. See, if you look at this and you study this, um, I, I believe the Old Testament, the New Testament, everything fits cohesively. Everything from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, all the way to the New Testament, it comes in cohesively as one large story that ultimately points to Jesus. And if you study this scripture, you'll see that there's a parallel, um, there's a reflection between this moment and the moment where Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. Moses is this great high priest from the Levitical line, and he goes up to Mount Sinai, and that's where he receives the law from God, the Ten Commandments. And at that moment in Exodus, he comes back down. The Bible describes Moses. He comes off the mountain. His face begins to reflect the mere glory of the Lord. The Bible shares that the people heard the sound of God's voice and it confirmed it was from the Lord. So from one moment here in history, Moses goes to the mountain and he comes back down with the law. Now they're here and they're at a mountain again. But here it's something different. Moses is still present. But now Jesus is saying here and God is speaking and his voice is saying, Listen to Jesus. What does this mean? What does this all mean? Like you're, you're wondering, okay, what, you just lost me here, pastor. What's happening here? In the very beginning in Exodus, Moses went up to the mountain and grabbed the law and heard from God. And now here they're at a mountain again. And this is God revealing, saying that now the law has been completed. And Moses is a testament of that. He's testifying, yes, the law has been fulfilled. Now it's not time to listen to the law. Now it's time to listen to Jesus. The very voice of God that once revealed that this is the law you should abide by. Now that very same voice is speaking and saying, this is the Jesus you should listen to. We're not bound by the law. We're not bound under the old 
old covenant. There is a new covenant for us, and we're a new creation. We're not bound by what people said in the Old Testament. No, I'm doing a new thing, and the only person that can bring it to you, a new life, it's the power of Jesus. So listen to him. God often reveals himself in ways we don't even understand. See, Moses was this great high priest. And we have to understand when we look at Jesus, Jesus, the way the disciples and the way the early church understood that it was Jesus, not just because it was them seeing him for the first time, but they saw it through the scripture being revealed through the past. All they grew up hearing about the Messiah coming, Messiah coming. And finally he's here. They understood it or they're able to understand it now because they saw the remnants of it in the past. In history, now it just makes sense. See, Jesus fulfilled three different positions. And you could take notes on this, is that he, he's the perfect priest, prophet, and king. He's the prophet, the priest, and the king. As a priest, Moses was the perfect, uh, or Moses was the great high priest. But Moses failed and didn't make it to the promised land. And But Jesus comes in as the perfect priest. The priest was a person that repented on the behalf of the people. He's the one that offered the sacrifice on behalf of the people. He dwelt with the people. And that's what Jesus did with us. He came and offered himself as a sacrifice, living among the people as a priest. The prophet, Elijah, he was a great man, a great prophet that saw miracles and wonders and the supernatural. Yet he even went through moments of depression, the Bible tells us. And so God took Elijah away. But when Jesus comes, he comes as the perfect prophet. What what does a prophet do? He foretells what God is about to do. He proclaims the day of God. He proclaims the things that God is, is telling to the church and to the community at large. And when Jesus comes, he fulfills this title of prophet. And then as king, we know kings like David and Solomon that were great men of God, but yet they failed in their own sin. But when Jesus comes, he fulfills this office of king because he rules and reigns with authority and power and majesty and splendor that no one else could hold. And so when Jesus is here, though everything in the Old Testament is pointing towards the New Testament and saying this is who Jesus is. This is the Jesus that fulfills everything, the prophet, the priest, the king. And here this moment, when you look at scripture in the Old Testament, you see it, it makes sense. And sometimes we don't understand how God is working and we don't understand his, his power, his move right now. One commentator puts it that Jesus is the one who fulfilled the promise of the second exodus where Moses led people and liberated people out of Egypt, out of slavery. Here is Jesus. He is liberating people out of the slavery of sin, the bondage of sin into a second exodus to lead us into the very promised land that we need to go to, which is heaven. And here is Jesus as the perfect Moses, the perfect example, the perfect representative of a new covenant. And here's what something we don't understand many times. We're seeing it happen in front of us and God is doing it. And he gave us our, our, our he gave us his son so that he could be the perfect thing that we could never be. And as Elijah, 
They say that Elijah is the perfect, the, the, the appointed restorer of all things. And they asked and said, well, what's going on here? Isn't he supposed to do it? And in this moment here, this transfiguration is showing that even Elijah and Moses, a great priest and a prophet, say no. It's Jesus. Jesus was never meant to be just another priest. Never meant to be another prophet. He's the perfect fulfillment of all things. Anybody agree with me? He's the perfect fulfillment of everything. The presence of Elijah and Moses has a, a great significance in the sense because they're proclaiming this moment where, where Jesus is taking over and he's fulfilling the law, fulfilling these moments. Can I tell you, Christ often shares himself and reveals himself in ways far greater than we can ever understand. Peter, James, and John, they were, they were, they were just wanting to set up shop and, 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 and bask in the presence of these three people. And Jesus is revealing so much more. That the only, the voice of God says, why don't you just listen to Jesus? Can I tell you that God is saying the same thing to us too? Listen to him. We get caught up in all these different things. and We, we get caught up in debates. We get, could we just listen to Jesus today as he reveals himself to us in a whole new way? I want to experience God in a whole new way. No longer do these people see the representation of the glory of God confined to a tabernacle such as the time of Moses. Moses set up a tabernacle, and you can read the Old Testament. The Old Testament really helps you appreciate the New Testament. It's one cohesive story, but no longer are they confined to seeing the glory of God in a tabernacle. Now the, the glory of God is manifested in Christ himself. And that same presence of God is available to us through his Holy Spirit. He's here. Because number three, Christ prepares us for suffering with a glimpse of his glory. Last week, we talked about how Jesus described to his disciples how he must suffer and die on the cross. And Peter didn't get that. Some of them are looking at Jesus like all perplexed and wondering, what's happening, Jesus? But, but Jesus is saying, no, no, I, 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 there, there's about to be a moment of suffering and death that's about to happen and so he takes them to this mountain here to help them understand and see a glimpse of what's to come, that I will be resurrected. And the body you see me right now, the way you look at me right now is the way I'll be when I'm resurrected. But there's going to come moments after this, before this moment where I'm resurrected, that we're going to have to suffer and die and go through some things. He's preparing his disciples for the moment that's coming. Everything in the book of Mark from here on out is this preparation for what's to come, that Jesus is going to die. It's just him warning his disciples and letting them understand that Jesus will die soon. Verse 11 says, they asked him, why did the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Jesus replied, to be sure, Elijah does come first and restores all things. There was this, there was this um, understanding that this is, this is John the Baptist proclaiming as Elijah. He's restoring and bringing all things into order. He's preparing the way for Jesus. Why then it is written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come. 
And they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. Jesus referring to his cousin, John the Baptist, that, uh, that he is the, the representation of Elijah, that, that he's coming. But now Jesus is here and he's the son of man that will suffer all these things. You see me right now, but in a moment you're going to see suffering. In a moment, you're going to see different things. In a moment, you're going to see tribulation. In a moment, you're going to see problems that are going to arise. In a moment, you're going to see people hating and rejecting me. And for now, I'm giving you an encounter, a glimpse of my glory. Let it help you prepare yourself for what's to come. Can I tell you, how does this apply to us? You're asking, what, what's happening right now? What is happening? And Jesus is saying, suffering is going to happen. Trouble is going to happen. But yet for a moment, I want you to see what heaven is going to look like and what my power can do, Peter, James, and John. I'm bringing you into this unique moment to showcase to you and give you hope for what's to come. Because when the day of trouble comes, when the day of death comes, you will remember this encounter that was unique. And I don't want you to forget this moment, this splendor. See, I'll tell you one thing. Not too many pastors talk about suffering. I believe suffering is part of our Christian walk, just like anything else. We talk about joy. We talk about love. We talk about um, happiness. But I, I want to tell you, there's going to be moments of suffering in your life. And this is where I'm getting at. 2020 has been a crazy year. You can agree with me um, that it didn't go the way you wanted to go. I mean, none of us could imagine the year 2020 that we would um, be going through this entire pandemic. Um, five months in, um, we haven't had service um, all this time as well. I mean, I wouldn't imagine the first year of our church, more than half the year would be under a live stream and not in a physical location. I, 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 none of us could imagine that these moments of suffering would happen. I've had friends die. I've had people suffer through COVID. Yesterday, a pastor friend of mine, we, we buried him because of COVID. I never would imagine the suffering that was to happen. But here's what I want to do. In these moments of suffering, I want to meet Jesus in a whole new way. I want to have divine encounters with God. Like I want to see visions, dreams, prophecy dwell in me and come out of me. Not because I'm so uh, amused by that. No, I, I'm amused by him and him alone. And when I fall in love with Jesus, he reveals to himself in ways like number four. There's a reason why Jesus spoke um, uh, these things. There's a reason why he chose Peter, James, and John. It wasn't for the rest. It was for a unique experience for unique people at a given time time and I want to believe in, and, and, and declare I want God to reveal himself to us like Peter James and John I want to see things that no one else can see I want to encounter God in ways like never before I want to see his spirit his presence manifest himself in this church that no one else can see I want something unique and fresh for me and if you believe that why don't you just say God I need you today I need Jesus. I need you to move in my life. There are trials that will come, but there are moments that Jesus takes us into experience his glory like never before. And when we suffer, when he is crucified, we remember that at the end of the day, God is the one that fulfills all things. And God is in control.
Never would have imagined this past couple weeks. Would have imagined. Be transparent with you. This has been a tough week for me, my wife. Um, a week and a half ago, my mom, she suffered from a stroke, and I ask you to continue praying for her, but it's been a tough week of recovery. As she gains back uh, strength in her arm and leg, not even being able to walk right now, not even being able to um, take care of herself and needing someone constantly 24-7 around her to help her. I never would have imagined the suffering, but and, and as a child, you never want to see your parents go through this. And as a parent, you never want to see your children go through this. And as a spouse, you never want to see your, 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 your spouse go through this. I mean, I'm looking at my dad, and I'm looking at the way he, he's going through this. And I look at all these things. Can I tell you, I am believing that all of us in my family are finding Jesus in a whole new way. In the midst of suffering, even my father, who doesn't even believe, is not even a Christian, he's seeing the manifestation of God in the middle of suffering. So when you suffer, suffer well and suffer in the glory of God. And God will reveal himself and encounters in a whole new way. My prayer for you is that this time of COVID, you're going to find Jesus. You might not understand what you're seeing right now. You might be like Peter, James, and John just trying to figure out what's happening right now. And, but you're seeing God move. And later on in life, you'll realize that was God that was moving that whole time. That was God that got me out of that. That was God that set me free. That was God that helped me through that situation. That was God that got me through that season of my life. It was him, and he was revealing supernatural things. I want to see vision. I want to see dreams. I want to see sons and daughters prophesy. I, I want to see things for, for the next generation. God, grant me that experience, God, in a whole new way. Today I want to pray. Maybe you haven't seen Jesus in a while. Or maybe you haven't seen him in a whole new way. Maybe you've, you feel like your heart is softened. You, you feel like it's... It's coming away from God. It's, it's dry. You're in a dry season, a dry spout. My prayer is that you find Jesus in a whole new way today. You will see demonstrations of his glory and presence. Not that we worship those moments. We worship him. And he just shows us things. And he takes us to mountainside moments. Not so that we dwell there, but so those moments can encourage us and propel us to the next step. The next place. How do we do those moments? How do we find him? We spend time with him. We talk to him. We read his word. We, we, we talk to him and we pray out and we cry out to him. And you'll see God reveal his truth, his revelation like never before. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray. Father God, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for revealing your truth in your word. If you're here today and you, you have a comment, maybe you have a prayer request, put it down. I, I want to pray with you. If you want to see Jesus in a whole new way, just, just type in the comments, God, I, I want to see Jesus. Just say, I need Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Jesus, I pray today that every person that's watching and listening online, whether it's right now or later on, that they would they would see the manifestation of your power. 
They will see you work in their lives. And they will see things they don't even understand in the moment. But you've, you will reveal to them that you've been working all along in their life. Lord, we love you. We thank you and we praise your name. Amen.